This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. You are listening to Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker. People talk about how to get ready before you die, even in the Bible, in, in, in commentaries and in you know resources and stuff. And they say, like, man, just say the sinner's prayer. Most of us, we have said the sinner's prayer. Many of you have come front at an altar call and you go back home and you still feel ashamed. You're still living in guilt. You're still living in shame. We need to bring it home. We need to tie up these loose ends. Now, yes, he's your advocate. Yes, he saved you. But if you're saved, then you've got to live like you're saved. You've got to grow in daily loving surrender to Jesus, which is your obedience. He says in John chapter 14, verse 15, I quoted this earlier. If you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. Such an eye-opener, this verse is. You will keep his commands not out of an obligation, but you'll keep his commands because you love him. Married couples over here, you know what I'm talking about. How many times you've sacrificed stuff that you really wanted to do because your spouse did not want to do it. And you say, fine, I love you. But you owe me one, right? No golfing this weekend? Fine. Ah, you know. What, I can't go on a motorcycle ride? Come on, babe. Like, seriously, I got to go for a meeting? Ah, why'd you schedule that? Fine, you owe me one. No, we surrender lovingly, right? I don't say you owe me one. I say, like... Your life is mine now. No. <laughs> First John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him, whoever says that he's in Christ, whoever says that his foundation is in the right place, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. I liked how the NIV actually writes this. It says, must himself walk as he walked. We have to walk the way Jesus walked. We have to live the way Jesus lived. And in this passage, we're going to see three illustrations of the way Jesus walked. And the first one is loving obedience, loving surrender. We saw this in our previous series in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in human form, this is talking about Jesus, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. You could say Jesus was like the dog in the illustration that I used, isn't it? Sitting there, doing what he was sent to do, even though the fires came closer and closer and closer. And now, we need to walk the way Jesus walked in loving obedience. Folks, are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing in this world to stand the test and the trials in loving obedience? If you get anything out of this message this morning, I want you to get this. If you really say that you are in Christ, if you really say that you're born again, you have to keep growing. I'm not saying you will never sin, but you have to keep growing in loving surrender to the one that you say has your soul, who's a lover of your soul. You have to be in loving surrender. The second thing that the Apostle John is asking us to pay attention to as we tie up the loose ends is, I am try- I'm tying up the loose ends in my love towards others. I'm tying up the loose ends in my love towards others. The first one was, I'm tying up the loose ends in my obedience to Jesus and when you are growing in obedience to Jesus the natural outcome is you begin to love people around you there's no way that you can grow in love towards Jesus and hate the people around you now I need to be careful because again in the Western Christianity we do not understand what love is and because of that we make a fools of ourselves sadly in churches oftentimes we embrace people that need a swift kick and we kick the people that need a good embrace right Jesus did the same thing and people, they're like, why is he sitting with drunkards and prostitutes and sinners? He should be hanging out with the likes like us, with good robes, with the teachers of the law. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you guys need a swift kick. These guys need an embrace, right? But loving people does not mean that you lack discernment. Loving people, please listen to me, doesn't mean that today you go back home convicted by this message, say, hey, come on, let's watch the Super Bowl together. There are some people who are jerks you cannot get along with. But please listen to me. It does not mean that you can let yourself grow in bitterness towards those people because if you really notice that God has forgiven you you also have to learn to forgive them this doesn't mean you have to go make a phone call today please don't do that in fact there's been so much 
hardships that I've had to deal with when people hear a message like this and then they call the people that abuse them or they call the dad and be like dad you've been a jerk to me but I forgive you and the dad's like you're not going back to that youth group again <laughs> you know like what's wrong with you man like I've been a jerk no I've been working hard for you look at Jesus as our example father forgive them offended by someone take it to God father forgive them not father smite them kill them break their jaw that's Old Testament David prayed that yes okay you're not David so chill out father forgive them they do not know what they do I want you to realize that the people that hurt you the people that abuse the people that are bitter against you that cause this bitterness they don't understand the extent of hurt they've caused you but if you're growing in love towards God in obedience towards God you cannot harbor bitterness in your heart let's unpack this a little bit more verse 7 the Apostle John writes beloved I'm writing you no new command but an old command that you've heard from the beginning the old command is the word that you have heard so he's writing a new command but he's saying it's an old command and you've heard it from the beginning I just wish he would get to the point huh? he's kind of talking like me verse 8 at the same time he says it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you which is true in him and you so this is what John is saying okay if you got confused by that he's saying listen I want to introduce to you an old command that you've heard at the same time it's a new command how is it a new command because it's been proven in Jesus it's been proven in Jesus he set an example of this old command and so it's a new command for us because we're able to follow this old command in a very new way because Jesus set an example for us and what and, and look at this because the darkness is passing away not passed away it's passing away we're imperfect we fail it's passing away but look at this and the true light is already shining so the light is shining if you receive Jesus his light is shining in you and the darkness is passing away and one day we will be perfect so what is this command verse 9 whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness so if you say that hey listen I'm walking in the light I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior and let's say you're leaving these church doors this morning and you're feeling very good you're like man it's so great I was able to confirm to my soul to my spirit that I am really born again great time of worship communion the message really spoke to me it was fantastic and outside these doors is um, a KTVB or something like that you know with a little camera on their microphones and they're like hey we have these people coming to these churches and, and you know they seem very excited so we want to ask you a question um, what makes you sure that you're a believer that you're a Christian that you're saved and you say well you know what man I just love Jesus man I just want to walk and live like him I just want to do what everything he does and they're like fantastic answer and you go sit in your car and you get a text message it's a forward of the person at work who's talking smack about you and that person just last year stole your promotion that you rightfully should get because he lied or oh, forget about it, it's your ex-spouse talking crap about you and you're like I'm gonna kill that person right I'm, I'm so, so that, that person's dead to me it's like Trent, vroom, gonna run them over right I mean that's what John is saying he's saying dude you can't say that you love God and you're in the light but hate your brother hate this person one minute you say man I love Jesus I want to walk like him but the next minute you're like I'm gonna stab that person in the neck right you might not say that but you're like you know what I'm gonna make that person's life a living hell you cannot do that oftentimes in this country in churches I've noticed that we let bitterness grow towards those who don't see things the way you see things okay I'm sorry if I get a little under your skin this morning God give me wisdom help me watch my mouth while I say this we cannot get bitter at elected officials because the stupidity of the rules and laws that they make we cannot get bitter we still have to pray for their salvation we can stand against the orders that they make because of the children we love because the freedoms that we get to experience but we cannot get bitter towards those people if we get bitter towards those people we will be acting just like the bitter people who are acting in bitterness for the last four years 
We cannot, no, we cannot do that. We are born again believers who walk in the light. And if we say we want to walk like Jesus, we can't stand against falsehood, we can't stand against lies, but we cannot let bitterness grow in our heart against leaders in our country, against leaders in our churches, against leaders in denominations, against people who hurt you, against people who are doing stuff that, that's tearing you down. Please, for the love of God, we are got to tie up these loose ends. Because you know what, man? You can fight tooth and nail for your country, and one day you'll breathe your last. And you stand before God and you're still carrying shame because you have bitterness in your heart. This week as I was writing, writing this down and, and meditating on this, man, I, I had to stop a lot of things that I was doing. I stopped a lot of my, like, you know, going for a drive or going for a walk or going to work out or I had to stop all of those things because I had to sit and repent. I didn't realize how much bitterness had grown in my heart. As I get older and older and as my children get older, I get very protective. I get protective of the church. I get protective of the gospel or the pulpit. And I'm like, no, God, when are you going to smite that person? How can that person, how can, I've said this many times away, how can the world just believe lies? But we cannot get bitter. We need to have a broken heart. We need to have a broken heart for the lost, for people who are believing lies. The Bible tells us that the um, ruler of the world has blinded the eyes of people from seeing the glory of God in Christ Jesus. We need to pray that their eyes will be open. Now, the second area where I've seen a lot of bitterness grow, now I've done some crazy odd jobs in my life. Uh, one of the worst was being a sales guy. Not just telemarketing, but even door-to-door -door sales. I mean, you want to get spat on your face every single day, be a sales guy, man. You know, it's kind of crazy. And not once did I come back home feeling bitter towards those who swore at me and cussed me out and, and treated me bad. But you know what? I got into ministry. Dear God, you're tempted to grow bitter every single week, man. You get into ministry, you think that finally I'm going to be working with people who love Jesus, right? Who are walking in the light. But here are people who will come and who will be your friend and be like, man, I want to do ministry with you. Two weeks later, they're running away. Not just running away. They're doing everything that they can for you to fail. They don't care that you have little children. They don't care that you open up your home and treated them as friends. They're waiting for you to fail. And they're waiting for you to just die. And they're like, man, he's not dead yet. He's not dead yet. No, baby, Jesus is my advocate. He's got me going. Don't worry. You know, and, I, and when I see these text messages come in, and, and the thing is, whatever people slide, it always comes back to me. The Bible says that whatever you said in secret will be revealed. So it comes back to me, and I see these messages, and I walk around the house like an angry elephant stomping, right? I'm like, cowards! Backstabbers! Hypocrites! God's going to get them! Man, do they not know that I've sacrificed everything? I'm a foreigner in this country. Why should I be doing what I'm doing? I could be doing other things, and I go half day right until I'm tired and then my wife is like you want some lunch babe and I'm like no lunch today right and then I sit and then God reminds me he says listen listen you say you're in the light you cannot hate your brother no matter what that person did to you said to you and caused for things to happen you cannot hate that person you cannot do that because as soon as I start hating that person I become my own advocate and my own judge who am I to decide you need to die and you need to live? I am not God. He's the advocate. And so I need to resign from my job of being the advocate and give it back into his hands, our foundation. That's why it's important. And be like, God, help me to tie up these loose ends so in case I die and I see that person who wanted to see me fail in heaven, I need to rejoice at what a gracious God you are. Wow, what a gracious God that that person did so many things to me, but you're able to forgive him and love him. Teach me to love the way you love God. How can I love these people that have hurt me? You know what? This is, this is a huge, huge topic. And I know that in church, these things get kicked under the carpet. There are a lot of ways for you to camouflage your pain. A lot of ways for you to camouflage your unforgiveness, your bitterness. 
You might just be feeling like there are other pressing things that I need to invest in right now in the stage in life than trying to tie up the loose ends in unforgiveness and loving others. It's quite possible that you've gotten familiar with different coping mechanisms to bypass the bitterness that you've been harboring, excuses that you've found so you could put away dealing with this bitterness. You cannot ignore it, folks. You've got to tie up these loose ends. And like I said, it's not about calling this person and saying, I forgive you. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. You talk to him. You talk to God. Even right now, as God's bringing those people to mind, you talk to him right now. Say, God, help me to forgive these people. God, you forgive them, Lord. Even before I have learned to forgive them, please, you forgive them. There are a lot of ways that we try to anesthetize this pain of past hurt. A lot of you, many of you, maybe all of you, have some way you abuse a substance in your life to hide this pain. And your substance doesn't have to be alcohol. It could also be church. We defraud our deliverance when we tell ourselves we're okay. That didn't hurt me. I don't care. While silently inside your rage turns inward. Jesus said to his disciples that temptations will come. Again, the King James says, offenses to sin are sure to come. There's not one person over here that could say, I've never been offended. I've never been tempted to be bitter towards a person. I've not, not once harbored unforgiveness from my heart towards a person. There's not one person over here who could say that. Offenses are sure to come if you say that, man, Jesus is a liar then. Offenses are sure to come. Can I give you three things real quick? If this is you, just a warning. If you're harboring bitterness, number one, I want to tell you, coping will give you temporary relief. It'll give you temporary relief, but it will never help you walk in the light the way Jesus wants us to walk in the light. Coping, which is alcohol, which can be sex, which can be a work, which can be church, which can be ministry, which can be preaching and worship and writing songs and whatever it is you do. It can all be a cover-up and coping. Coping will help you. It will. Very temporary. While you're doing it, it feels good. The Bible tells us that sin is pleasurable for a time being. In the end, it produces death. When you overdose on something, you'll have an imbalance in your life. It's possible that you're staggering out on a life because you're drunk on bitterness and you're trying to cope, you're trying to cope, you're trying to cope. You need to catch it before it kills you. I won't stop till I bring you to your knees and I've said this before, bringing someone to, your, to their knees doesn't show how tall you stand, it only shows how low you've gotten. The Bible says vengeance belongs to the Lord, it's His. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 